This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. Welcome to this episode of Alopecia Life. Four years ago, Skylar Weaver set out on his mission to raise alopecia awareness while traveling through Central America. As with most adventures and attentions, things come up that cause us to change direction, take a new route, and that's just what happened seven months into the trip. It was great catching up with Skylar to see what the trip accomplished, not only for his own well-being, but also for the families and groups he met throughout the trip. Let's welcome Skylar back to Alopecia Life. Skylar, welcome to Alopecia Life today. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you back. I'm excited to have you share with listeners, kind of remind them who you are and kind of what you are doing. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Um, happy to be here. Happy to share. It's been a while since we last talked. Mm-hmm, definitely. It's been, I mean, right at the early part of the pandemic. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It was, uh, yeah, right in the midst of the pandemic, uncertainty, a lot of uncertainty about the future, but mm-hmm. uh at least, uh, yeah, it's good to catch up now. That now that we're a little bit past the pandemic, yeah, and and past your adventure, right? I mean, you started off saying, you know, yeah, I want to do this, and I think it was a six to eight month span of time you wanted to travel to Central and South America to spread the word about alopecia, raise awareness, meet with people who were living with it, and I remember you discovered that most people along the way that you met with alopecia had never met anyone else with it. Yes. Yes. Very true. Very true. Um, yeah. So maybe like a little bit of a recap, right? I, 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 I did, I took off in, in August of 2019 on a motorcycle with the mission to ride it from the U S to Argentina, to the bottom of Argentina, bottom of South America, uh, where the road ends with the goal of raising awareness of, of alopecia along the way, um, trying to find people and support groups along the way and trying to support them. And and ultimately, well, I mean, realistically, I wanted to do this trip um, for a long time. Personally, I wanted to do the trip. I figured if I was going to do the trip, I might as well do it for a good cause. And what better cause than something I like personally know? Uh, I, I have like, I know needs more, needs more awareness, needs more attention. And, and that was alopecia. And so, so yeah, I took off in August of 20, of August of, yeah, 2019, I think about like a year later, we talked, um, and, uh, when I took off, I had, I had the goal of writing it and completing it all in like nine months, <laughs> nine months was the goal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, very shortly after there, afterwards, the pandemic started in like March, I had made it to El Salvador. I had parked a bike in El Salvador. And when the pandemic started, I think very shortly after we ended up talking about where the current progress of the of the adventure was. And yeah, I guess today now, what is this like four four years later? Actually, yeah. probably four years later, almost to the day that I took off. Like I took off three days later from now. <laughs> and, wow. and now we're talking in August. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about what that trip accomplished for you, because you you had those goals in mind. You were going to 
talk to people about alopecia, raise awareness, raise funds too. But at the same time, what what kind of happened in the midst of all this as you were you were going along the unexpected things? Yeah. First, maybe big unexpected thing was obviously the pandemic. <laughs> Didn't expect that. Yeah. And then it, like slowed down the trip a lot in terms of, well, for one, just stopping me for a while in El Salvador. And then even when I got back on the road, I would be stuck in many countries along the way waiting for borders to open. So it just meant the trip like extended a lot. Another thing that I probably discovered beyond the, beyond the pandemic, more, more in regards to alopecia was that there's not many support groups. There's not much recognition of the the condition in in Central America, in South America, in Latin America in general. Not like there is in the U.S. Like in the U.S., we actually have uh, I take it for granted, I guess, the, the the amount of support groups that there are, and we still need more, of course. But at least there are some in many countries in Central and South America. Like there are no support groups. There's no real understanding of what alopecia is. And that doesn't mean there aren't people that have it. There definitely are. There obviously are people that have it. It's just quite hard to to find them. And it's also quite hard for them to find others. So in the cases where I did end up finding people who have alopecia, I was oftentimes the only other person they had ever met that had an alopecia, which is crazy to think about, right? Because we have all the support, the awareness, the support groups that exist in, in the United States. And so I think it made it quite apparent about the the, the needs that we need, like the the goal of supporting those in Latin America, I think, is uh, is something that still needs to be done a lot. So that was one surprise that I had. It was harder to find people with alopecia. It was support groups were not really existent. Yeah, that was one that was one of the realizations I, I had. But when I did find people, they were excited to talk about it most of the times, most of the times. And they were excited to meet someone else who had it as well. Yeah. And you and I talked about the impact of alopecia on boys and young men. Do you feel like that has impacted the community down there as well in the same way? Or do you think it's just kind of across the board, just lack of support overall and lack of awareness and things like that? Yeah, I think I think it's similar. I think it's similar. I think the impact is prevalent on all genders. Like it is, it is it is definitely tough to have alopecia. I think maybe there's an argument for Latin America in Latin America, um, it to be more difficult for I don't know. Maybe there's an argument for it to be more difficult in some senses. Like there's a lot more em- emphasis on appearance, maybe in certain parts of Latin America or in the culture down here. I think that could be that could be something that you could see. But I think that's probably too big of a generalization. And mm-hmm. uh, ultimately, it's probably pretty similar in that in that uh, I've met both like kids, like uh, like kids that have alopecia, both boys and girls, and and women and men also have alopecia. And in all cases, it's pretty similar experience to what I've seen in the U.S. Yeah, that's what I found, too, as I was researching for head-on stories of alopecia. I thought, okay, is this going to be the same everywhere in the world? And I was kind of, I was surprised to find that it it was, you know, in Africa, in in Eastern Europe, in everywhere, in the U.K. It, It just felt like it felt the same as far as how people responded to their diagnosis too. And then the, of course, the follow-up support is, is huge. What do you think we can do here in the U S for folks in Latin America to help raise that awareness or, or is there anything we can do really? Yeah, I think, well, for one folks, a lot of folks in Latin America speak Spanish and there's also a lot of folks in the U S that speak Spanish. Like there's a, there's a massive Spanish speaking population in the U S 
and maybe one thing we could do is just work more or support more on like the translations of the materials that we have in the US and English around alopecia and around like uh, how to deal with it, both for like for those who have it, for kids, for parents. Like we have a lot of material that exists in English that does not exist in Spanish. And I think simple translations of some of this material, whether that is done by like existing nonprofits like NAF or others, I think could go a long way to supporting not just people in like in the US that speak other languages, which of course there are a bunch um, and a lot of Spanish speakers, but also it could help a lot around the world for people who just don't have access to those resources that that we have and, and we take for granted in the US. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Thank you. And I'm sure that folks at NAF will hopefully be listening and we can reach out to them and see if this is a resource that they can provide because I think it's a fantastic one for sure. Tell me more about the people you met and the the culture of of welcoming you into their home and and things like that because I know we hear a lot about that you know this openness to say hey you know come on in let's share a meal and and just experience this yes definitely definitely um so I met like a wide a wide variety of people who have it uh, in Mexico I met up with a an actual like a, a children's alopecia project group that was based in in one city in Mexico and they had like an active group with um there were maybe like 12 kids uh who had alopecia who attended this little meetup we had and yeah the parents were experiencing a lot of the same problems that you might be expect uh, parents to face in in the in the US and they were extremely welcoming they were i mean they were very happy to have any sort of uh, reason to get together and and I used some of the funds that we raised to to support a little to have a little meet up there with just some food and and some nice things to make it easier for them, which really in, in reality didn't cost much, but uh, it, it went a lot way in terms of gesture. And yes, they were very ecstatic to have someone, someone foreign, uh, someone else who who had alopecia who could talk to the kids, and I think the kids really appreciate it. Um, in other cases, in in for instance Argentina, there's an active group down there uh, with uh, a lady named Mariella who's leading Vivir con alopecia. And she's she's very enthusiastic about it all. She, she's doing a great job of actually trying to create a support group there. And we had a meeting of up to like, I think there were 14, 15, maybe women down there uh, who had alopecia all got together in Buenos Aires. And uh, we had a little meeting about it. And they were all they, they, they sent me away with <laughs> with gifts with like a little mate, which is like a tea they drink down there. And um and they were ecstatic to, just to use it as an, as an excuse to get together. I think that's that's a lot of cases in what like what I was able to provide was kind of an excuse for folks to get together and to talk and to get to know some other others who are also living with uh, experiencing the same condition. That's awesome. I know there's nothing that compares to being together with people who totally get what you're going through. It's just, exactly. it's so healing, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, it's so important to have support groups for that reason alone. If any of it's just to, just to know that someone else out there is, is facing something similar is such a, such a reassuring thing to be aware of. Yeah. And when we spoke last, we were talking about adventures for alopecia and you mentioned that you would like it to extend beyond what you, you yourself were doing and to kind of fund other adventures for people who would want to do something to raise awareness for alopecia in their own way. Has that kind of taken off yet? Or what are you kind of picturing for that? Yeah. So that was, I say, like part of like, that was like stage two of what could happen after, after this adventure. And I would say it was also, this was maybe about one year into the adventure. I had still expected to finish it quite, quite shortly there afterwards. 
And what happened since then is it took a lot more time than I anticipated. I think in total, right? I finished the adventure. Officially, I arrived to Ushuaia in December of last year. But really, like, I kind of finished shipping my motorcycle back and everything uh, in February of this year. And basically, for four years, I've been kind of homeless, just like nomading on the motorcycle. And I think it just took a lot more out of me than I than I expected. So while that was like part of that was one of like possible extension that we could have taken it. And I think it would have been, it would have been nice. I think equally as impactful is, is really, we, we did a lot of awareness before the trip on news stations and then throughout the trip in person in Latin America, and then raised, raised also funds. We're just doing this trip. People that just donated in, in exchange for supporting the goal that, that I had to reach Argentina, reach Ushuaia and donate to the cause. And so all of these funds that we accumulated, which was around 30, 30 some thousand dollars, uh, in donations, we will be redistributing and giving to to existing organizations that are working also on this the mission to to support people with alopecia. Uh, so that's NAF, also CAP as well, and uh, also some funds to support the new support group in Argentina, the the one that I mentioned earlier, led by Mariela, which I think is going to be quite impactful. So that is now, that is the plan. And we'll be winding down officially Adventures for Alopecia as a nonprofit and mark it as a, an adventure complete and hopefully lots of awareness raised, which I do believe it, it did help with. And uh, those funds will go on to support other causes through, through those organizations. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. The, the way that our ideas progress, right? It's like, this is our mission. This is our goal. And sometimes it takes on different form as we, go through. And I mean, we're talking, like you said, four years later and things have taken shape and and been a little bit different than we originally expected. So awesome. Thanks for sharing that with all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So where are you now and what are you up to? Yeah. So I actually, right now I'm in El Salvador. I, uh, I, on the motorcycle trip, I got, I got stuck here for a while, maybe like six or seven months while I was waiting for the pandemic, uh, the borders to open. And, uh, really actually liked the country and liked, like Latin America in general. So right now, just kind of setting up base here, probably for, yeah, I'm not sure for how long. Yeah. So I'm, I'm here and yeah, just trying to do things, I guess, to close down the, the nonprofit officially to redistribute those funds and now continuing to focus on, on work and, and, uh, <laughs> and living, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's incredible. I'm glad that you found, a place that feels like home to you and that you live and, and love. And I just think that's really exciting. So congratulations for that. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I think I, I owe it to the Montreal trip for, for opening my eyes about what, what else was out there and, uh, and also working in my Spanish so I can get by. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I know we talked about that. You said you had a little bit of Spanish under your belt when you started your trip. So I'm sure it's, it's much, <laughs> much better now. It's got it much, much better. Yes. Whether whether I can say it's great, I don't know, but I can say it's much, much better. <laughs> <laughs> you can get by that immersive Spanish. Yeah. Definitely. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we leave today? I would just like to say thanks to all the supporters and those who those who will supported like with with words of encouragement or with donations. And and I do think like we are ending this adventure and shutting down or or, or completing adventures for alopecia with a lot of excitement for what we accomplished and excitement for what these funds will also help accomplish uh, in both these other organizations that are that are working on on supporting people with alopecia. 
So thanks to everyone. And thanks to you, Dan, for, for all the stuff that you are doing with this the, the podcast and to raise awareness. And yeah, it's super important. Definitely. I mean, there's like, if anything, that if this adventure had taught me anything, it's that there's many people out there who are going through the same thing, same conditions, uh, same experiences, and you're not alone. Support groups are important. Meeting other people who have it is important. And with time, we can, we could be strong and accomplish a lot of things. Absolutely. Thanks so much again for being with us, Skylar, and best of luck with your new life. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for spending your time with Skylar and me today. To find out more about Adventures for Alopecia and to follow Skylar on social media, those links are here in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and is meant for general information purposes only. If you are enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review for Alopecia Life wherever you download and listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to alopecialife.com to find out more information on courses, coaching, and a ton of free resources. Thank you.